Hello, and welcome to this mini-series from Charter Morris, Lessons from Leaders in Life Science. I'm today's host, Jack McLean, and my focus here at CM Life Science is the bioinformatics space. I'm using this mini-series to share insight from my network and industry leaders in the space as they discuss their climb to the top. In today's episode, I speak with Cinder Clements, Director of Talent Acquisition at Concert AI, about all things life science talent and the importance of making the right hires. Hope you enjoy listening. Yeah, obviously, thank you for joining me, um, Cinder. It's, it's great to catch up again. Um, I guess just for anyone listening, give us a little bit of background on yourself, um, a bit about what you do with Concert AI, um, and, and yeah, just a, a bit of background, really. Yeah, so um, nice to nice to see you again. And uh, yeah, so a little background, I guess, on myself. I actually started um, not in recruiting. I was in sales and marketing at the very beginning. Um, came out of college and did not know what I wanted to do. I did communication psychology. I had started in nursing. And um, sales kind of came naturally, but um, wasn't too excited about just being in sales and marketing, different industries. I missed science and had a friend tap me on the shoulder about recruiting and ended up moving into agency work and recruiting. And and I've been there now for about eight, eight and a half years. Nice. Nice. I think it's, um, you hear it a lot, don't you? When people go into recruitment, they often kind of fall into it um, and then something that we're seeing a lot more now as well is that route from kind of agency work to like an internal TA function. Um, so I guess, you know, w- was it something that you were always passionate about with like talent acquisition and placing the right people with the right companies? Or is that a passion you kind of discovered um, when you'd fallen into it really? I think it was something that developed throughout the years. Um, I honestly did not know too much about recruiting before I took the job. I was just ready to try something new and get closer to science again hmm. and uh, make a move. I lived in Indiana, so I was ready to make a move as well. And it nice. brought me to New York City. So kind of took a chance, hoping it would work out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, at first it was kind of, it was a pretty tough. I was struggling for about the first I would say, six months, not knowing what I was doing, as most people do when they first go into recruiting and hmm. trying to figure out what this all is. Um, and then it kind of just uh, sparked, um, you know, an interest and became really uh, interested in just the world of recruiting and um, kind of the niche skill sets I was I was looking into nice. and working on. And that developed just throughout the years. And then the more I got working with different companies and partnering with different companies and learning how they work internally and just seeing how. Um, different companies actually do their TA structure Hmm. um, got me interested more on the internal side. Yeah, perfect. And we'll talk a little bit about that transition um, shortly from kind of the external to the internal, I guess. Um, But I noticed it looked like it was Hayes that was kind of your first experience across kind of life sciences and health tech. Is that right? Yep. I was at Hayes for about six years. Nice, nice. So is that where you kind of discovered your passion for the life sciences sector? Or do you always maybe looked at that as an area that, you know, you'd like to add value to? You know, how did that come about? Yeah, I actually, um, I, I knew that when I went into this, I would want to do pharmaceuticals. Nice. Um, I had looked at a couple different areas they had and um, was really excited about pharma. I was in nursing school um, and I have, there's a lot of um, scientists in my family, nurses. 
um, and things like that. So I found it very interesting and in, in science to me and, and drug discovery and, and drugs in the market and how they cure diseases. Um, I just found so interesting. And so um, I was lucky enough to be a part of that team and um, really dove into clinical trials that I knew nothing about actually before <laughs> I even went into it. It was a yeah. research and read and learn about everything <laughs> about clinical trials. I had no idea about this entire world, I feel like, um, until I actually started recruiting for it. Nice, nice, interesting. Um, and I guess obviously that experience with Hayes um, how do you feel, I mean, is there any areas that you feel um, kind of really contribute to your success now? Maybe, you know, tricks and tips you, you picked up from, from an agency standpoint that you still utilize today. And, you know, do you think that's kind of a valuable route? So if someone's going to an internal role, maybe they do some kind of agency recruiting beforehand. You know, what's your thoughts on, on that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. I think um, he's had a really good training program, I will say, with... Um, they do with with developing people kind of from the ground up. I um, came into a group in the US that we were just starting out. So we were actually just launching it. So it was nice. kind of a swim at times. Um, the, the life sciences team was really small. So uh, I had to do a lot of research, do a lot of reading, mm. um, kind of make my own way in a certain way in that with regards to actually having people who could train me on the recruiting side. I was kind of training mm. myself at times in the subject matter. Um, and then, uh, you know, I found that to be, you know, having somebody that could help me learn what the recruiting process is, but then take an interest in another area and learn um, myself, I actually really enjoy. Nice. Um, and I think that set me up for success for where I'm at today yeah. and, and where I've gone. Um, and just as you go through agency recruitment, you get to work with so many different companies. I've worked with large pharma. I've worked with mm. small with startups, you know, some people hiring their very first um, C-suite hmm. and gives you a, a sense for different cultures. I think um, company cultures, how they operate. Also, when you then move internal, you have um, a lot more background on different styles of TA and recruiting. Um, so I do think, yes, starting on the agency side and moving internal has helped a lot yeah. um, because I don't have just one lens. I've gotten yeah. to, to work with so many different companies and partners. Yeah, definitely. I think that's part. That's that's probably the area of, of the role that I'm in that I enjoy the most, as you've touched on there, is kind of working with different companies. Um, I personally enjoy kind of the startup side of things a lot more. So kind of, you know, I feel like you're adding a little bit more value as such when you're kind of adding to a company and, and these kind of key hires. You know, I do work with some global biopharma as well and I, and I love it and it is enjoyable. But I really get kind of the the buzz out of placing, you know, a senior individual with a startup company because there's that kind of they're a lot more impactful. It makes a lot more of a difference. Um, I guess obviously part of what you've touched on there is, um, you know, I guess the challenge that an internal TA might find is the fact that you know, agency recruiters work with various different companies and maybe they don't get, you know, all of the time dedicated to a concert AI, for example. What kind of other challenges do you find are unique to like the talent acquisition market in life sciences? You know, is there maybe particular areas that you've really struggled with from like an economic standpoint? You know, has that been difficult to hire? You know, what are kind of the key challenges that, that you find? I think, you know, what I found a lot of um, it's skill set. Yeah. Um, you know, the everybody's experienced a global talent shortage. I think 
in the life science industry, it's not different in a way where we're not, you know, experiencing that. Every company is experiencing mm -hmm. that at the moment. I think a difference is, is the skill set and the effect and impact it takes when that person actually is not hired into one of these biotech or pharmaceutical companies. It can really put a trial um, back on their timelines. Yeah. And then, you know, with that, the effect is that these drugs and medicines aren't actually getting out to patients as quickly as they could. Yeah. And you need some of these niche skill sets. Look at cell and gene therapy. You need very niche skill sets, um, especially in a startup or a biotech, because you really need to make that hire right on mm -hmm. the first round because it can really be detrimental to your program. And so I think that itself is its own challenge. It yeah. Really define those people and make those right hires from the start um, mm. with a company and being able to match somebody to these biotech or to these startup companies, that's gonna stay there. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the companies I've spoken with who kind of like startup stage, a lot of the thing they, or the challenges they find is often from a cultural perspective. So they'll maybe wanna choose an agency partner that can kind of get on site and meet the team and kind of really see the culture. So they're not just firing over a CV that ticks the technical requirements and being like, you know, can we, kind of can we find a higher here can we score a fee you know you kind of want someone who's like a strategic partner knows your culture and will know you know when i send this profile to cinder she's going to really like this profile from a cultural and a technical standpoint um and i would say those are the most successful relationships yeah you know, i've had clients that i was able to be on site with very regularly um that my when i was at hayes my boss and i would go and actually spend a couple days in their offices at a time and we mm. got to know their culture so well they became very easy to hire for mm. because I could actually describe what it would be like to actually work inside that company mm. and I felt like I was a part of that company yeah um, so really felt the culture um, yeah. there yeah I guess like the most successful agency recruiters you could say are almost like an extension of the companies they work for to an extent yeah. very um, much and like you say, that's where kind of the best relationships flourish. Um, what would you say are some kind of early learnings that you had in, in your career that would maybe serve to somebody now who's looking at you and saying, well, I want to reach Cinder's level, like a director of TA. I want to get really senior in life science pharma uh, TA. What are some kind of early learnings or early guidance that you could give um, to people listening? I think it's always learn from people. Everybody you come in contact with, um, you can learn from. That includes your candidates. I I, I ask questions all the time. Mm. Um, if you ever speak to my previous boss, I'm like a question master. <laughs> I constantly ask him questions. I'd ask my candidates questions. You know, if my candidates, when I was on the agency side, they had to do a presentation, I'd ask them to present to me nice. um, so I could learn more about what they're doing or um, just have them talk to me about their specific area. And that itself is what I think gave me a lot of the knowledge that I have in the space. Hmm. Um, helped me truly understand the areas I recruited in. I was very heavily focused in the clinical development area, working with um, physicians and scientists for a very long period of time and understanding and be able to talk to candidates and build that rapport with people. Um, and learning from them, I think, is what's um, helped me grow. Mm. Um, and then outside of that, right, is really raising your hand to to do um, mostly anything. Um, not saying you should give all your time away, yeah. but really raising your hand and, and trying to learn new skills um, so that you can develop in different areas. 
Nice, nice, definitely. And um, obviously, I know your, it looks like anyway, your kind of research background was more across like communications. I think there was psychology in there as well. Um, is, yeah. that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I started in nursing school and then wasn't sure um, necessarily that I wanted to be a nurse at the end of the day. Mm. And uh, I was doing uh, two degrees at the same time. <laughs> And decided to um, switch away from nursing. Um, so I'd already done quite a few science classes and then moved on to communication and psychology. Nice, nice. So I guess, you know, for yourself and, and someone like me as well, we don't have that kind of traditional like biotech research background with like a PhD and things like that. How have you found that kind of, um, I guess it probably was picked up through your days at Hayes, but how initially did you find that transition of kind of picking that up? You know, I guess that leads a lot back to, your previous point, asking loads of questions, kind of acting as a sponge, taking in all these technical terms. How did you find that transition and how would you advise somebody kind of getting into the space who doesn't have that kind of background? Yeah, I did a lot of reading. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will read journals, I'll read articles, I watch YouTube videos. Nice. If I wanted to understand how did, you know, maybe a protocol get written, I would watch a YouTube video mm. or I'd um, an article on why it got done. So like if I had a question, I would automatically, you know, Google can really be your best friend. Yeah. At the end of the day, I would look up and just read um, a ton of it um, so that I could soak up what I was talking about. I'm a person who I want to know what I'm talking about yeah. when I'm speaking. Um, and so I did a ton of research. And then outside of that, it was also asking a lot of questions and learning from people who are actually doing that exact job. And, and having them also teach me. At the end of the day, your candidates will always teach you. Mm, yeah, perfect. And I guess with the current, um, just kind of back on the challenges side of things. So obviously with like the current economic situation, we've, you know, as I'm sure you've seen as well, a lot of kind of layoffs. So I know Benchling, for example, Accenture, Swiss Bioscience, I think there's been a lot of, of kind of layoffs. How have you found your role has been kind of adapted by that? Is it a case where it's now more crucial than ever to kind of get the right hire from like an affordability standpoint? You know, maybe it is costly to kind of hire the wrong person and churn and hire someone else. So how have you found the kind of economic situation has, has impacted your role? Um, so, yes, I think it, it's more important now than ever to make sure that you hire the right people. Um, again, mm -hmm. going kind of back to the earlier comment that you hire the wrong person in a small company can really be a detriment to your timelines. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and for us, we're partnering with these biotech and pharmaceutical companies really on their clinical trials. And if we can't hit those timelines because we don't have the right people in place or we don't have the people hired yet, um, that's a huge impact. And mm -hmm. again, that impacts patients' lives at the end of the day. Mm. And so, um, you know, right now there's a lot of candidates looking, looking for roles. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of companies doing a lot of hiring. So, um, you know, there's still that talent battle. And I think, you know, even with that, it's, it's still making the right hires, the right culture fits, um, the people that want to stay and, and really do have a passion for what our company does in this mm. space specifically. Nice, nice, definitely. No, I'd agree with that. And I think one thing that, um, I guess another challenge that we'll draw on, um, one thing that we've kind of pivoted to a lot more recently is um, kind of the visibility of our clients. So from a marketing perspective, you know, employer branding, how do you stand out? 
obviously there's a real battle at the minute for like the best candidates on the market and it's you know how can a company like concert ai be top of these these guys minds so how have you found i guess you know does that factor into your role is that more like the marketing team how have you found you're involved in kind of making sure that you guys are the place where the best candidates in the market and um, want to go yeah i mean i think it's a it's a combination uh, hmm. marketing obviously is marketing and, and yeah. they're helped with you know, putting out um, information about the company, but at, at the same time, it's also as a company, each person in their brand and on our, you know, on the recruiting team, it's really living the culture as we speak with people that really want to come here. Mm -hmm. So making sure that we are people first and that we are displaying that we're people first, um, being transparent, you know, through our process and, and being ourselves. So you actually get a feel for what it's like and being honest and transparent about what our culture Mm. um is as well yeah yeah of course so i guess there's a place there for kind of like the material side of things so maybe it's like recordings you know what's a day like at concert ai kind of employee spotlights things like that do you find that they're really valuable in kind of creating an employer brand and making you guys a really attractive kind of proposition to these candidates yeah i think um our, our ceo does podcasts nice. um that are really interesting and he brings in you know different people um, from the organization that talk about some really great topics. Um, mm. And you get a really great sense for Jeff um, yeah. through his podcast. And I think that gives a, a sense of where does leadership sit, right? And, and what is the culture of our leadership team? That's very important to know um, who's leading the company and, and also the culture um, that they're developing. Um, and I think that dwindles all the way down to anybody you know, you know, in the company uh, and and just how we're, um, I think, talking to people, expressing ourselves, you know, what are we saying to candidates when we speak to them? What are we saying about the company? You know, I think something really great that we had um, at the start of the year is that we also received great place to work for 2022 and 2023. That was very nice. um, exciting for us. Yeah. And so you know, that was something that put a real stamp on it because that came directly from the employees of the company hmm. saying we truly are a place to work. So showcasing that, talking about, you know, we have great benefits. We have a good culture. It's really innovative. How are we innovative? We're showing the industry with what we do every day hmm. um, that we're an innovative company. So really, I think that there's a lot of different ways that we show we're a great place to work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it does translate. Obviously, we'll make your job easier as well, which is good. Um, something we've seen is that, when we the kind of startups we partner with if we're supporting them on the employer branding side of things as well so kind of a visibility and um, you know we do like client hubs which are like landing sites this is our you know this might is a culture of concert ai take a look inside meet the team we see that the acquisition rates increase tremendously you know it's, it's much easier for those guys to attract the big hitters in the industry because i think people like and, and you can comment to this but i think people like you know a young kind of attractive company they like the idea of being part of a bigger a bigger mission and kind of really building something from the ground up and i think that kind of visibility really helps with that yeah i think it's feeling that you're tied and you're making the impact hmm. no matter what your role is you know even in ta we hire people what's the impact at the end of the day of TA when you're hiring, you don't always see that. Mm. Um, and it's, I think too, when you work in an agency or working with so many companies, you, you don't really get the depth of seeing how that person made an impact in the company. Yeah. Um, 
at times, but knowing at the end of the day that, okay, if we hire this role, it's going to have an impact for this clinical trial we're working on with X client. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the patient's outcome is going to be better. So I think it's understanding the impact and, and also talking about what we do on a regular basis and how that does impact patients in different capacities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, th- I think that that visibility does really translate. Um, it's obviously something that that plays a big part in your role as well. Um, I guess just as as kind of a TA leader, then um, Cinder, obviously you're at an AI company. Does the AI and kind of that technical side factor into your role at all? You know, is is there maybe processes in place that are quite technological and AI focused, or is is that not kind of how you like to do recruiting traditionally? Um, we don't use AI right now in recruiting. Yeah. Um, something we're looking at, I think it, it's an industry thing, right? You have people on both sides. It can mm. be amazing and great, but it can be um, at times uh, detrimental. So we don't use it in the fashion of um, searching, I guess. Mm. We don't have it within our ATF for that capacity. AI is a great tool. However, we can, you know, chat GPT is <laughs> everybody's <laughs> using it. We use it. Yeah. Um, Everybody's using it. So um, AI is, is the world and it's where things are going. Um, so it does filter in and factor in certain areas, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And do you think that's something that you will see more of in the future, not just at Concert AI, but just across like the whole life science sector? Do you think you'll see some more use of AI in TA practices or do you think it will always need that personal touch? I think we'll see more of it, but I do think it still needs a personal touch. Um, I don't think that AI is going to get rid of recruiting and recruiters or agency and internal. Um, you still need the human touch. People want to talk to people. Mm. Uh, AI is a great tool, though, that you can use in assistance. Mm. But um, at the end of the day, I think you still need the human touch because you still need to feel that culture. The, the culture is not a... A, you know, AI component, um, yeah. the culture are the people um, within the company. And in order to express that and for people to get that feel, they do need yeah. that human. Yeah, definitely. I guess like what, what we're kind of referencing to here is that AI could, from like an efficiency standpoint, it could be really beneficial, kind of making your processes a bit easier and things like that. But when it comes to the actual acquisition of of the best life science talent, that's not something you're ever going to really be able to fully replace having, you know, someone like me or yourself who is that point of contact for the candidates and kind of making them feel comfortable throughout the process. Because I personally wouldn't want to join a company if the whole interview process was done with like, you know, an AI or a robot, for example. Um, But I guess aside from that, what would you say, not just from a TA standpoint, but what would you say are some of the key benefits at being a, a really innovative kind of AI focused company um, are there some benefits you see in your role day to day or? Yeah, I think um, it's an interesting world. It's very cutting edge. Um, and I think that's one of the really exciting things about Concert AI and other companies in this space is it's going to continue to evolve um, every single day. And I find that to be so very interesting um, of what we do. We're constantly coming out with these new products with our AI and machine learning tools um, and what we can do with clinical trials is just, is it's mind-blowing. Um, mm-hmm. It's stuff that I think, you know, back in probably when I started recruiting, it was like eight years ago, which isn't that terribly long ago. <laughs> 
Um, but it's just crazy to think how all of it's so integrated now from actually when I started. Um, and you probably feel the same, maybe. Um, just seeing yeah. the transition of that and how it's been so um, integrated yeah. now. Um, and I find that just to be, um, I, it, I think it's very cool um, just to see the transition we've had over the years. Yeah. Into yeah. Where we're at today. Yeah, definitely. And something that's just actually come to mind there that I'm curious to learn a little bit more about is that when you did first get into TA and kind of specifically in life sciences and healthcare, what are some differences that you see in the industry now? Do you think it's harder to attain the, the top talent? Do you think it's easier? Do you think maybe, you know, Concert AI's brand plays into the fact that it's easier to maybe, you know, get in touch with these guys? Um, or do you think that, you know, it's more challenging than ever? There's loads of contrasting opportunities and, and things like that. I think it's more challenging yeah. uh, than probably when I started, um, 100%. And I think that has to do to a lot of different things. Um, we have a, there's a lot of layoffs going on in the world um, and especially in the tech world. We've seen at the same time, everybody's looking for the same people. So candidates that are looking for opportunities have so many opportunities on their plate, um, especially in the last even two to three years now that we've come out of um, COVID more. Um, you know, candidates would have maybe one other offer at a time. Now you're seeing candidates that have five and they're competing offers and you know it's kind of sometimes it's pitting offers against each other mm. um, to gain that talent um, niche skill sets we're looking for even more niche skill sets especially again in, in a smaller company um, you're looking you, you can't always take people that don't have the skill set you're looking for you can at some points and train them up but there are certain roles you really need somebody honed in on something very specific. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes those are harder people to find. They yeah. have a lot of other opportunities with other companies and being able to really attract that type of talent is much harder yeah. than I think had been. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. I think this year I've certainly seen candidates I've worked with have more opportunities than probably ever um, before, which is obviously, you know, it's a testament to their desirability as a profile they're obviously strong profiles but also it does feel like it's strange because companies are hiring but then also companies are laying off so it's it's an interesting place we find ourselves in um we all people yeah we exactly we, <laughs> we do we do um i guess just on that is is an interesting point so obviously if someone's you know maybe early in their ta career and they want to know how to get up to a, a senior level I'm guessing, you know, I've never been internal TA, but I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's all about kind of, you know, Cinder, you found us the best people, your success rate kind of filling roles has been really impressive. Um, what would you give us some kind of guidance to people? Say they're really struggling with roles. Is it a case of going back to the well and the same candidate pool? Or is it, you know, just being kind of persistent, trying other searches? What's your guidance if someone's really struggling with a role? And they maybe need that placement to, you know, kind of get through the ranks and start to make a name for themselves. Yeah, I think it's um, trying new things. I would try many different ways of searching. Um, I'll constantly ask for referrals. I'll talk to people, even if maybe they're not right, to see who may they know they might know in their network. Um, so I think for if you're really struggling, which again, at the very start of my career, I was struggling pretty tough on the recruiting side, um, and it was just understanding my 
skill and market a little bit better and then trying new ways of doing things. Sometimes you do things the same way all the time and then you hit a wall. Hmm. And in order to get past that, you have to actually change what you're doing and adjust it in some way Hmm. um, and see how that works. I mean, there's a lot of kind of try and fail times as well. (laughs) You might try something and not work, but at least you've tried something new and then you may yield a different result. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it comes back to semi what we were saying before about being a, an innovative company, a forward thinking company. You know, there may be processes internal to Concert AI that to you now may feel like common nature, but, you know, a company that doesn't have that technological focus, maybe to them, it, you know, it'd be completely alien. So I guess, like you say, just, just try new things, really. Definitely. Yeah. I guess just to, um, to close out then, Cinder, what would you say are some... Um, final remarks as such, so maybe some tips and tricks for those early in their career, um, anything we've not touched on, you know, just some things that come to mind that you think this could be really valuable for somebody looking to reach a senior TA role. Um, yeah, what, you know, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think it depends on what um, somebody's career path that they want, right? Um, agency is really exciting. You got to work with a lot of different companies and, and, and um, you know, I enjoy that very much. Hmm. Uh, I also really enjoy strategy and building programs and launching it. Um, and so I think if that's something you're interested, you know, from agency, it's don't give up on trying to get that opportunity. Um, I had applied to quite a few internal roles, um, but I did not have the corporate internal side of recruiting. And I got very um, lucky to get an opportunity at a small biotech um, before I came to Concert AI and really learn what it was like internal. And it is very different. Um, just you're you're focused on one company and that was a mindset change, yeah. I think. Yeah. And it's going from agency to one company. It's a complete mindset change. You're actually a part of that company. You're not yeah. trying to sell that company for them. Yeah. You're actually a part of that company and you really believe in it and you want people to come work there and then there's also the process building the strategy building the you know launching and developing programs um and i think what i have found after many years of agency recruiting is i appreciate doing the other side Hmm. uh, with mixing in the recruiting with it so i still recruit um and still hire um as well and i have other focuses outside of that cool Good stuff, good stuff. And I guess it, it all comes back to then knowing, you know, what you want to do. Um, if if somebody doesn't know that they want to go for a TA role, for example, internal, or they don't know if they prefer that agency route, do you think it's a case of just trying one or the other? Maybe, you know, is it that it's easier to go from agency to internal than it would be internal to agency? What are your thoughts on, on that kind of dynamic? Um. I think sometimes it would be easier agency to internal than internal to agency Mm. Um, because you start out an agency. It's a very uh, head hunting mindset. You really have to go and find your own candidates. Whereas internally, you generally do get applications, people reaching out. You have a lot of referrals. Mm. So I think the just the mindset change in that um, can be very different um, as a whole um, in itself. Definitely. Perfect. Well, look, I really appreciate the time. I mean, I think a lot of people listening will take um, a lot of value from that. Um, Those looking to get into a senior level in in TA, whether that's from internal or from an agency standpoint as well, 
obviously you've you've kind of shone um, the light on both sides there, which is really valuable. So yeah, um, and I would say like people could talk to that. You should ask people and talk to them as well. You know, yeah. if you're trying to figure out which avenue is best, talk to some people who are internal. Talk to other people in different agencies. Um, talk to people who have made the transition. Um, some people don't like it. Some people go back to agency. Yeah. Um, agency, and some people try agency and don't like it, and they go back to internal. I think it just depends on who you talk to and trying to figure out what you really want. At the end of the day, if you try something, at least you've tried it. Um, yeah. You yeah. always go back to what you're doing before that. Definitely, definitely. But look, that was um, that was really valuable, Cinder. I know I'll take a lot of value from it personally, um, and also I'm sure those those were listening. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate the time. Um, some really great answers and kind of looking forward to um to seeing the reaction to this great thank you perfect cheers cinder thank you i'd like to thank cinder again for her time and the insight provided in this discussion i hope anyone who is interested in any of the points we discussed during this episode could gain some valuable perspectives from the story check out the rest of our cm conversation series for plenty more insights from industry leaders in life sciences across a range of topics and markets thanks again for listening i've been your host jack mclean Bye for now.